Welcome to Breaking the Bias. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders from across our industry, shining a light and sharing stories of workplace empowerment. Welcome to this episode of Breaking the Bias. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Sally Doobie, Chief Sales Officer at The Bridge Group. Sally, welcome. Thank you so much, Alicia. It's great to be here. Really great to have you with us, particularly looking at some of the things that you've been talking about, looking at your role and uh, experience in, in your own career. So looking forward to unpacking conversation. I'd love for you to, to get us started by um, telling, telling us a bit, of, a bit about you and, and your career so far. Sure. So I'll go back a ways <laughs> because I think it's kind of all relevant. When I graduated from college many, many years ago, I graduated with a degree in hotel and restaurant management. Go figure. <laughs> Has nothing to do with what I've done for, you know, 99.9% of my career. But I spent two years working it with a large hotel chain and realized that there had to be a better way to make a living at the time. Um, that for the amount of hours I was working and what I was dealing with, it just wasn't worth it. And I got recruited by a boss of mine at the hotel. Uh, he had left and went into working for Equitable Life Insurance. And he recruited me to come and sell for them. And so I was miserable at my job <laughs> in the hotel and restaurant business. And so I thought, sure, why not? And went and worked and selling, I was selling life insurance to individuals and group health insurance and benefits to companies. And it was truly the old school way of selling, going, walking from office building to office building and going through every office in each office building and knocking on doors. And one of the stories I like to tell is because you really learn how to um, have a tough skin, if you will, is that I walked into this one office and there was a sign right above the receptionist area saying, we shoot every third salesperson and the second one just walked out the door. And, you know, you just got to laugh and shrug it off yeah. <laughs> and not take it seriously and, you know, learn to make jokes about it. But it was, you know, so inefficient <laughs> and so not effective, but you learn really good hardcore skills that way. I learned also that that kind of sales was just not for me and um, ended up moving from Michigan to California and took a job when I got out here with a very small startup firm before startups were in vogue and before there was tons of VC money. And it was selling outdated stuff, which I didn't know at the time, but it was selling technology and computer supplies into companies. And so I stayed there for five years. I did a lot of field sales. I moved into a VP of sales position with the company and then realized, you know, I needed to go with a larger company, more sophisticated that had some money. So I actually got, and this is where I really say I got my start was I started at Oracle in the late eighties. I was the 10th inside sales rep at Oracle. I worked alongside some pretty amazing people. One was Mark Benioff. He got his start in inside sales at Oracle, which a lot of people don't know. And, you know, obviously rose to do salesforce.com and stuff. So learned a lot about 
how and the value of inside sales rather than mm -hmm. field sales. And even though I've been doing field sales before, I learned that this was so much more effective and efficient and I could do a lot more no matter what. All the field sales people said, you can't sell this over the phone. We did. And we sold millions and millions and millions of dollars of it. And from there, just kind of went on and worked with a bunch of other tech companies and then went into the consulting side of things because it really was Oracle was breaking ground into, you know, this whole inside sales, sales development, building pipeline for companies. And so there was a, a lot of demand from other tech companies. Well, how did you do that? You know, can you set this up for us? So I've been in consulting for the most part over many of the last years, except with a stint at Skype, which got bought by Microsoft two weeks after I started and, you know, built a sales team at Skype as well. It sounds like you've been on quite the journey as as you started your your career and then experiencing some hard hard selling in the kind of almost uh, you know very traditional sense of sales as people see it and you've really embraced inside sales. How do you find that the culture at uh, an organisation like Oracle, you know, big big organisation and the kind of posters you describe, I've was it was at an Oracle office recently and and saw something similar of you know still hiring lots and lots of sales salespeople, the churn's quite high. And what's your experience been in, in terms of diversity and how inclusive are, are those inside sales teams in particular? Yeah, so definitely the inside sales team was way more diverse than the field sales team at Oracle back then. And, and I'm, I, you know, when I started Oracle, we were a $50 million company. When I left four years later, it was a billion dollar company. So it was many years ago. But, you know, I think because we also, our director or inside sales leader at the time was a woman, which was really unusual <laughs> because actually she wasn't a director. There were no di women directors at Oracle and there were no women VPs at Oracle when I first started. Um, it was definitely a man's world. Inside sales was way different, but not even to the point. And I remember, you know, I started as an inside sales rep and I think there was like, out of 10 of us, there was three women, maybe four women. So 30 or 40%, which actually is probably around what it is today in many inside sales organizations. But, you know, then I got moved into running my own sales team and I was in charge of the East Coast. And so I was hiring women, but still only 30 or 40%. And I think one of the challenges was there weren't a lot of women that were applying for the jobs. And, you know, we were under pressure and under the gun to fill positions really quickly. And so there wasn't any thought, or at the time too, there wasn't anything about, you know, diversity and equality it was not a big thing back then. <laughs> and so, you know, you just hired out of the pool of people that came to you. And you're, you're clearly doing a lot of consulting work with inside sales leaders, inside sales teams today, and sort of you know fast forward to, to where we are today. What, what are you seeing in terms of those leaders building out their inside sales team? Are they still going to the same pool of people with experience in selling and therefore the teams aren't particularly diverse? Or are you seeing that shifting? So I would have to say for the most part, 
it's remarkably the same <laughs> as it was. Especially I would have to say it depends on who's leading the team. If it's a woman leading the team, I think you find that they are more interested in creating more diverse teams. And so there's not necessarily a whole lot of difference. There are more women in sales, not enough. I mean, it's still, you know, like, I mean, the stats that I've seen are still, it's less than 40% of the general sales force is women and less than 20% of women are in sales leadership positions. You know, so it's, we're still not making a ton of progress in that. And if you look at the diversity stats, they're way under that. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the best sales leaders I know are are women sales leaders. Yeah, there's a, a, a very fierce sales leader that we had on this podcast over at NetApp a few months ago, um, who now leads enterprise across North America. And, you know, we, we see with lots of our clients, you know, very successful leadership and, and uh, sales execution through those diverse teams. What attracted you into sales? Was it as in, could we be doing more to attract more women to join sales? Are, are women put off by the the term sales, does it feel quite masculine in, in an idea? What more do you think can be done to make it an attractive career path? You know, I think some of it has to do with it. We've gotten better over the years. There's some universities that now offer sales as a degree, but there's very few. You know, I think it's under 50 last I heard. So um, universities are offering that as a degree. I think making it seem like it's professional, not just that, you know, because when I was growing up, my father was in sales and he was a VP of sales. So I had a different view of sales. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like, it's a last resort if you can't get a job in anything else kind of thing, because it's not an official degree. And, you know, when you really sit back and understand the kind of money that you can make, you know, it's really all about your effort and your work. And you do feel at times I'm in control and I can make as much or as little depending on how hard I want to work, you know, and how much dedication I put to it and learning my craft and improving on my craft. And so for me, the inside sales path was so much better than field sales because I yeah. didn't want to spend my life at the time on an airplane and being gone all the time. I was starting a family. And so, you know, when you've got the children aspect, it's like, you don't want to be running around. I wanted to be there. And so the inside sales role was a Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five, or actually I was on East coast all the time managing and working. And so I was in the office at six and didn't get home till five, but it was much more normal hours. Right. And so that really drew me in. I could still make a very decent income in inside sales. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about sales. We've got to just make it seem much more, again, a solid profession. We do have to take out some of those terms that don't appeal to us women you know we want we're looking for a killer you know i mean yeah, yeah. that in the job description yeah awesome. yeah you know those kinds of terms just aren't you know attractive and so we, we do need to take a hard look at how we're portraying sales 
Yeah. So it sounds like, Sally, you're saying there's a piece around universities, education, you know, how, how do you uh, make sure that sales is built in early on and, and attracts women and a more diverse workforce to, to, to join that career path? And then the second aspect is, is almost rebranding the role of sales in one that is really current in the modern age. And that, that was something I did want to unpack with you a little bit as, as you think about the role of selling. I think everyone's a salesperson um, in, in one shape or form. And, you know, you're, you're always trying to add value to other humans, other businesses through through a, a sales process. That to me feels like a real strength of a diverse team because you're ultimately selling to lots of different people. And therefore you need you need a mix. It, it, it can't just be the same pattern and the, the same engagement uh, in those conversations. How how do you encourage sales leaders to to build diverse teams. Yeah, you know, I think that if sales leaders open up their minds, it's funny because I know even from like 20 years ago, there would be a few VPs of sales that would call and say, okay, I need to hire for sales roles and I specifically want women. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is this is a nice new thing. Tell me more about why you want women. They're like, because I think they're better in sales. It's like interesting. They're like, do you have any stats on that? Well, we for many years, we didn't. It's just been recently where we've had stats that show that women close deals 11% higher win rate than men. Okay. And this is from Gong and their stats and tracking all of their customers and what's going on, that they also progress deals to the next opportunity stage at a higher rate than men. They had a 54% more likelihood of moving deals to the next stage versus men at 49%. And then that turned into higher close rates. So I think that women are natural born salespeople because we have more empathy. We're better at listening. We're better at talking about what matters to the other person. It's not about us. And let me tell you about me and my company, but it's like, well, what are you really going through? You know? And so that natural curiosity and inquisitiveness of women really plays well with our natural strengths in a sales role when we learn how to use it properly. And I don't know that a lot of men leading <laughs> these organizations think about it. They're just out there hiring their buds or people that have worked for them before that all happen to be men. You know, and when we look at, I'm very much obviously in the software SaaS world, that's my experience and my frame set that I'm coming from. But I look at a lot of security companies, which, you know, security for the last five, six, seven years has been so unbelievably strong and hiring a lot of people. But it's all, we only want you if you have previous experience in security. Well, so you're only hiring the same people over and over again. And it's silly because, you know, at some point, the people that started in security had no security background, but they made it, you know. And so, it's our limiting mindsets that is really contributing to this and not allowing us to be intentional about bringing new new perspectives in, new people. I mean, I know when I went back in after being in the consulting world for 15 years the first time and I'm hiring a sales team, I was purposeful in that I wanted diversity. I wanted different, I wanted women and I wanted different ethnicity. And so, you know, I, I back in 
when was this 2010 2011 i mean my team was like 60 percent diverse in ethnicity as well as with women if you take all that together and you know it, and it was really different from the rest of the company <laughs> but i was very purposeful and it took me time it's not something you go out and hire people really quickly. But because I had that intent in mind, when I was creating my sales team and hiring, I got what I set out to do. And, and Sally, I was interested to, to hear you just talking about the curiosity and the empathy that, that women have naturally and how that plays into, into a sales setting. Are, are there particular um, skills that you see when it comes to inside sales that a more diverse workforce naturally leans to compared to, you know, perhaps one, one type of seller? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's anything in particular about inside sales other than I think it definitely works better for women, again, because of the consistency of the hours and that you're not on a plane, you can have a home life and be there. Of course, since COVID and with so many remote roles, that's kind of working for whether it's a field sales role or, or an inside role. But I think again, with women, when you're inside, you know, we do have, obviously we've got Zoom and others that help us see people, but you've got to be, I think, in inside sales, even better at reading your prospect and understanding what's going on instead of just having this straightforward phone. I've just got to close them. I just got to close them. I just got to close them. Right. So I think it does go back to, you know, some of our natural empathies that we have for women um, or that women have and, you know, the inquisitive and wanting to know more, you know, so asking more questions when somebody says something, don't just be blind and well, I've got my one path and that's how I'm going down that path. <laughs> you know, we, we allow it to, to take a curvy road here and there. <laughs> we, we do a research study called CBX into enterprise accounts. And, you know, one of the biggest things that comes out consistently from enterprise businesses that are buying is if a salesperson understands my needs and research my, my role and my business, you know, I'm more likely to transact with them. I'm more likely to spend with them. And that is, is definitely a, a skill that we've just seen come into sharper and sharper focus. What, what about team selling? So you, you talked a little bit about, you know, field sales going uh, more remote and you know we're seeing that actually that the way sales is, is is being conducted now compared to two years ago is that you know, you're playing in more people because you can virtually um, you can bring in your experts you know how's that shifting the sorts of talent and 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 teams that that leaders need to be thinking about building yeah you know it is it's it's one of these things where you know we're selling to many more people uh, a stat that I heard a couple of years ago was that you know it's like eight to ten people now are involved in a sale. And again, sometimes that shifts based on the economy. If the economy is doing really well, you you tend to see that loosen up and you know, you have decision making that can be down at a lower as things tighten up. There's a lot more people involved that have to have a say and a blessing on this as to you know, where they're going to spend the money. And so as a seller, you have to have a lot more people involved too. And I think that if you look at having more diverse people on your team and selling, you're likely to map 
to a more diverse buying community. And as you said, I think we all bring out different skills that can help in that whole sales process and make sure that we are stopping if there's something that somebody's just running down the road. It's like, you know, we know that when sales reps do discovery calls, their discovery is really not a discovering about the other person that many salespeople are really bad at discovery because they come in with a set PowerPoint presentation that let me tell you about us and how great we are and how big we are and we're the number one and this and that. And there is not a lot of back and forth communication. And so I think, again, if you have this broader universe and you have other people, we're going to put a stop to some of that. This is my marching orders and I'm just going to get this presentation through. You know, you start engaging in that conversation when, again, when you bring more diverse parties and different thoughts to a team. I had a VP recently tell me one of the things that they do when they're hiring for their managers as well, is that they really like to bring managers in from outside of the company because they like to know about different ways of doing things. They don't want to be locked into, this is what we know. So this is the way we're always doing this, whether it's working or not working, (laughs) this is all we know. And so it's like, that's such an impactful thing. You know, it's such a simple thing. But it is very impactful that when you bring in people with such diverse experiences and backgrounds, you're going to make your team better because you're getting better thoughts, better execution. You're being challenged maybe, or new ideas are being brought up, right? That you wouldn't have had before if everybody's only known one way of doing things. But I think that's one of the things too that I want to bring up that I think women can do better at is that, you know, I know when I grew up, it was, I was always taught if you're successful, you work hard and you do the job that you will get noticed and you will get rewarded for it and you'll get promoted. And it did work a lot for me. You know, I mean, I had a great career, but I know it could have been better (laughs) if I was a male just because of that fact. And, you know, so I think that we have been way too quiet. And when I look around at some of my counterparts or peers and what they've gotten and with their, what, where they've gone in their career, a lot of it is because they don't sit back and they don't let their work do the talking for them. They do the talking and they're the first to always tell everybody how great they are and what they've done. And it works really well when they're talking to their boss that happens to be a male too. They like that. They like that bravado. And so I think we as women have got to be a lot better about telling people what we're accomplishing. Yeah. I think see, we've talked about it a bit, a little bit on this um, podcast before, you know, celebrating your, your own successes and, and being your, your biggest champion yes. um, is something that probably doesn't come naturally to lots of people. Um, and even just doing it um, in, in small groups, that's sort of kind of baby steps yes. to, to get there. And, you know, it, it can take you all, all sorts of places. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Sally, on uh, what organisations can do to attract a more diverse 
workforce. You've talked about sort of rebranding and repositioning the role. You've talked about, you know, managers thinking differently. But but is there something, particularly when it comes to building inside sales teams, that organisations could be doing to to attract more, more diverse talent? Yeah, you know, I think whether it's inside sales or field sales or whatever, I think organisations, again, being intentional and having that being a, you know, a, a company culture. So it starts from the top and infiltrates down. There's a lot of companies I know, like especially around and right before COVID, we're hiring um, chief diversity officers, which is awesome. But you've got to look at it. You've got one person you've hired in a company of thousands, you know, there's nothing that they can do individually that's going to change that other than, again, set up processes, train the managers and make sure that hiring managers know it's not we're not looking for quick hits in hiring. Right. This may take a little bit of extra time. And again, you have to be intentional. There's a lot of great organizations out there, whether they're women organizations or, you know, there's a bunch out there that are for African Americans, for Hispanics, for whatever, that you go and work with those organizations to help bring in additional talent. And you don't, and I'm not talking about one lady, I did a podcast on this as well, you know, creating diversity in sales. And um, she works for a very large global company and she's in charge of it for her company on the sales team, creating diversity. And she's like, we have no quotas on that. You have to bring it in, but you open up the pool to include a lot more people. And then you can say, who's the best of those for what we're really looking for. And again, making sure that you're evaluating on legit criteria not because they have past experience. Past experience doesn't always or any time necessarily suggest they're going to be better than somebody else, right? Um, their past experience, it could have been a miserable failure <laughs> at their job. Sally, just talking about being vocal and you know, celebrating successes, you were named top women in sales and most influential women in sales by by Sales Hacker, which um, sounds very exciting. Congratulations. What was the criteria and um, how did you win that award? Yeah, you know, so what Sales Hackers is looking for is that women that are out there that are promoting other women that are promoting that other women can be successful and that they've risen up in ranks to show that it is possible if you're starting your career as let's say an SDR, a sales development rep, you know, building pipeline, that there is a career path that you can be successful and do this depending on what what it is that you want, right? You have to be able to define your success. So in like giving back to this sales community. So, you know, I do like here I do podcasts, I write blogs, uh, you know, I do mentoring and coaching women that are in their careers. And so, you know, it's something that just is kind of being out there and being visible and being that role model to help show that, you know, there, there are those of us like yourself that have been very successful, but 
we don't tend to let a lot of people know. So we are changing a lot of that and being more, you know, more visible on LinkedIn and what you're, and what you're doing and your profiles and stuff like that. So that's what sales hackers. Well, congratulations. It sounds like, you know, also through the mentoring work you're doing, you know, you're clearly giving, giving a lot back and, and really helping up level the, the profession of selling. I'd love Sally just to reflect back on your early days at Oracle. What, what, what advice would you you give yourself now knowing what you know what what would you have done differently yeah you know I realized after I got out of my younger years that I mean one of the things that there were a lot of things at Oracle I I guess I would say at Oracle was it was a wonderful time I learned a lot and when I say I learned a lot in some ways I would say I learned a lot more about what not to do than what to do. And it was a pretty killer environment. You know, there wasn't any softness there because it was all men. They were all aggressive. Larry Ellison had this philosophy running the company that, you know, he had 15 salespeople from all different groups that would be involved in the same deal. And it's because his philosophy was, well, they'll duke it out. But if I've got 15 salespeople, there's only room for maybe one competitor in there. So our odds of winning that deal are really good. I don't care if we have to destroy each other internally to do it. And so, you know, you get into into that, that mode. And So there was a lot of things that were done that I didn't agree with that were not ethical, to be honest. And I always thought, well, if I hold strong to my beliefs and I will show the others that, yes, we can do this without being unethical. And that's how I took my stand. I'm going to show my VP that this is the better way to do it. And I can do it being ethical. In hindsight, it's like, you know what, I should have just done me or gotten out and not tried to change this big old culture and world because it doesn't work. (laughs) Um, So, you know, at certain points, again, I would say, don't try to change a culture. If it's really not working for you, go find something else. I think that when you're in a role, it's very easy to lose sight of your your values. And, you know, particularly when you're part of a big, a big machine, <laughs> who you are, and it's very easy to get carried, carried by the tide. So, you know, staying true and authentic to, to yourself sounds like a great piece of advice. Sally, I'd love to close on, you know, let's fast forward uh, a few years to 2025. Where will we be when it comes to diversity in sales teams? Yeah, we're, we're making progress, but it's really baby steps. Because you know, if you look at, I mean, what what I had in my teams, but again, that was me because I, I don't know, I just happened to do it. You know, when you look at, we still only have less than 40% of the general sales force is female and less than 20% is in sales leadership positions. In 30 some years, we haven't come that far. So In three years, I don't know that it's going to get a whole lot better, (laughs) but we are definitely trending in the right direction. And I think we just have to go. I think, you know, a lot of organizations are becoming much more aware of it. You know, there's a lot more initiatives, just even like on boards of companies that the board is more diverse. And so, you know, again, I think the CDO position while they're only one person, if they really are given a lot of authority within the company, they can set goals and objectives and they can train the hiring managers 
you know, better ways of doing things and how to be more inclusive in their pool of candidates that they bring in. And I think that that will help. But again, I think it's, it's a slow, it's a slow process. I mean, a big part of it is, you know, hearing people like you being really passionate about diversity in sales and, you know, hopefully spreading that word and encouraging people to join that as a career path, but but also as uh, more more diverse leaders uh, are building out teams, um, you'd, you'd hope that that should also lead to a more diverse uh, workforce. Yeah, I, I would hope that it would. And I would hope that women, I mean, it kind of goes back to Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. I, I hope that more women actually pay attention to that and lean in and try to help more women. Because I do find that there's a lot of women out there that are in leadership positions, but they're not leaning in, right? And, you know, and so if anything, they maybe are making it harder for women to get in and they're more critical of women than they are men and they don't give women the same opportunities. You know, there was a large company, public company, that had an inside team. They had an amazing woman leading it. She was only a director and they wouldn't promote her any higher. And they said for her to go on, she had to get into sales. And so took a field sales role. And what do they bring? They bring in a guy and give him a VP position. And it was a woman that did that. It was a woman CMO that did that. So it's like, hmm. Yeah, frustrating. It's very frustrating. And, and we see that happen all the time. Well, that sounds like the, the, the really the big, the big message. We need to be campaigning and we need to be uh, mentoring and coaching. And as you say, you know, within organizations, they need to be training you know, from, from uh, their management down to embrace diverse teams. And, and ultimately, that the point you made uh, partway through this episode, which um, I think most sales leaders there is w- would prick up to is, is the um, sales velocity. You know, if you want to, to drive performance, diverse teams are the way to get there. Exactly. And so why as a sales leader, I don't know, because that's ultimately what we're all held accountable for, right? Yeah. And so why wouldn't you purposely try to go and make that happen? Well, uh, Sally, I've really enjoyed uh, hearing about your experience, where, where your career started, your journey through through Oracle and, and the work you're doing now with uh, lots of sales, sales leaders and inside sales teams. And it's been exciting to hear your passion for diverse sales teams. So I hope our listeners take this as a call to action um, to bring diversity, particularly as organizations look to drive growth in, in new ways as as we we head into 2023. Thank you, Alicia. And I really appreciate that you're continuing to spread the word and get it out there. And so that we we keep putting the pressure on everyone to make it happen. So thanks again, Sally. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you, Alicia. Appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ITSMA, a leading B2B growth consultancy and advisory firm. We're fortunate to have incredibly diverse talent, both in our business and the clients we work with. And together, we're actively striving to tackle the inclusion gap. You can learn more at MomentumITSMA.com.